Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I want you to stand to your feet and honor with me our starting UL linebacker, Casey Osai. Come on, my brother, once again. Yeah, we're on. So, Casey and I got the privilege of spending a little bit of time together before the first service, and I didn't really go over the questions with them, but we've had a service already, and so um, we're going to just have a conversation, and you guys are going to get to be a part of our conversation as we talk about life and football. And so, Casey, if you will, share with everybody, um, how did you get to this place? Like, how did you get to UL? Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, so, originally... Reassured me that they actually wanted me to be here. And then the coaches got fired in Arizona, and I needed a place to go, and everything just fell in line. I hired a coach that I really like here, and I think God led me to this place because ever since I made that decision, it's been the best decision of my life. Come on. So good. Yeah, it's good. And you and I talked a little bit um, in, in my office about being from Nigeria. So tell me about that process. Like, how did you get to the States? How did all of that happen? Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Nigeria. I was there until I was eight, you know, and we won the visit lottery. It's my family, like the whole family. It's really unheard of, you know, as a family, especially a family of six. So that was a blessing in itself, you know, being able to come here and start a new life, uh, earn a new opportunity. When we came here in Houston, uh, my dad had a distant cousin and just as soon as we got here, he started teaching us about football. And that really just took off from there. I just started playing the game, enjoying it, loving it. And now I'm here. Come on. Yeah. What a story. Um, now, you mentioned, you, you actually segued. I, I'm going to ask you this time before I get to the rest of this. But football is a big part of your family as well, yes, right? And so you have an older brother who plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And, and tell everybody what his name is in case some of you are fans. Uh, his name is Joseph Osai. So. Yeah. And you have other brothers who are going to the collegiate level. Is that right? I have a older, another older brother who is just declared for the NFL. So my yeah. grace, he can play at the next level. Come on. Now, yeah, that's awesome. Let me just tell you all something. And I told our, our first service this. I was looking up not only his stats, but his, like, his height and weight. We're the same height. We, we weigh roughly the same amount. He is way more intimidating than I am. <laughs> way more intimidating. And so I'm going to have to call foul on that one. Um, so when did you discover that uh, football 
was something that you were really good at? Uh, I didn't discover it until later on because uh, growing up, you know, coming from a Nigerian household, my parents harped on academics more than football and sports. It was like your brain is your biggest asset. Brain is your biggest asset. So, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I forgot to tell us in the first series, but I only, we almost didn't even play football. I wasn't even playing football. Going into my seventh grade year, uh, my mom and dad were like, yeah, we've seen too many concussions. I think that was the time Will Smith came out with a movie, yep. a CTE movie. Yep, I remember that. Watched that movie, it was old. They were like, yeah, but mom was like, nah. Pick a little sport. So, uh, but, <laughs> so, yeah, we, and you were like, mom, yeah, you want this house? <laughs> I, I, cried, I cried going to sleep that night. So, but, uh, nah. So, doing that, just having, I'm sorry, I'm no, it's okay. Yeah, no, so you were just telling us when you discovered you were good at football. Oh, yeah. So um, not having the opportunity to even try, I heard a little bit, but my sister convinced my mom and dad to just let us try out. But I didn't figure out I was good to eighth grade, maybe. I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I have a little talent here and there. And that was when my brother was getting recruited to play at the next level as well. So that I saw that and I was like, okay, I could probably do something with it as well. But I think it's just God that just led me on this path, and I, I thank him every day for bringing me here. That's good. So good. Yeah, so I think athletes have a very unique perspective that is fitting for us in our everyday lives because they have to have a team mindset, a team mentality. And so um, for you, how important is having the right team around you? It's extremely important, you know, just not for accountability reasons. So just to help you stay motivated, you know, having a team around you, not just in sports, but in life, keeps you grounded because they have the same mindset, the same goals as you. And when you tell, when you share your personal goals with people, certain people that you love and care about, they have no other way but to motivate you to get there. So having three, four, maybe seven, ten people just to motivate you, keep you accountable, Keep you from staring to the wrong path. It's just yeah. extremely helpful. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Have you have you ever had a time when you needed someone on your team or just your team, your life team that maybe you missed the play or you know I, I didn't get this right and you needed somebody else to step up? Tell us about one of those scenarios. Absolutely. I mean, every single game, every single quarter of the season, you know, I'm extremely like I need everything to be perfect. I need to do everything perfectly, and that is. That is a great mindset to have and to be a perfectionist, but it's also uh, hurtful. It can hurt you. You can mentally be, it's mentally time, honestly. Yeah. So um, having said that, like any single thing, any single play that I miss, especially early on in the game, just having someone that will be back in, keep me grounded, saying, okay, it's okay. It's the first quarter, first drive, you'll be all right. You're, like, understand you're a playmaker, you'll be all right. You will make plays that come to you. So having someone, having a lot of people that, that do that, that other that does that and he sees me days and all, that, that is extremely helpful. Hmm. Yeah, it's very helpful to have somebody in your corner. And you, you made the comment last service that offense is important, but it's, you're really a defense man. I'm, I'm extremely biased. Yeah, I'm extremely biased. <laughs> That's good. So y'all need each other. You have to have each other. Um, shifting gears just a little bit, how important, because 
you and I have got to spend some time and I've been very impressed by just how authentic and how genuine you are and even genuine when you talk about your faith. So how important is your faith to who you are as a person? It's extremely important. I think it's like everything in me. Like, uh, like it's my God. And just trusting him and knowing that he has like everything I do, everything, every decision I make is because of him. And everything, what I am right now, what I've accomplished, everything academics, sports related, anything in my life is because of him. It's just, it's, it's, it's nice to know that someone has your back at all times. Yeah. Someone's in your corner at all times. Whenever you need them, whenever you feel like, oh man, I just hit a roadblock. Hit a roadblock. I don't know if this is meant for me. He's always there holding my hand, pulling me in. I'm running faster. He's pulling me back. Nah, not too fast. Get to slow down a little bit. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So slow down a little bit. So, you know, but now it's, it's, it's amazing to have that faith, that base to, to look back and hold you and just keep you grounded. That's so good. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. So, we were also talking about you know, kind of the difference between, and I'm going to ask this question a little bit differently this time around, the difference between being in high school and like you have your parents there kind of pushing you towards your faith or at least guiding you towards your faith, but then you go to college and it's a whole different world because now it's, it's up to you. What's, what was that process like for you? It was, it was challenging because all of, my mom was extremely faithful. She's always devoted to God. So having someone extremely faithful and devoted to God is helpful and it's great, but it also makes you not realize you're, you need a personal relationship with God. So, like, when I'm in high school, you know, my mom, um, like, from fifth grade till maybe I got to high school, I'm going to church every morning, every morning before I go to class, go to church, go to church every Sunday, go to a prayer meeting and all of that. And then you come to uh, college and you're all by yourself. Like, Saturday and Sunday come up fast. Now, what do you decide to do on Saturday? really decides what you do on Sunday, so, you know. <laughs> Say it. So, you know. Uh, the man speaking facts. <laughs> so, you know, having to realize, okay, I have to have a personal relationship with God. Like, this is, I'm no longer with my mom. I'm no longer, I can't live no longer live faithfully through her faith. Yeah. I have to get my own faith, you know. Having to realize that is really important. Yeah. So we have a mutual friend, Eric Truel. And so when we were talking to to Eric Truel and some of the coaches about who to have, and Eric's recommendation was, without a doubt, Casey. You've got to have Casey. And that says a lot. Eric's the chaplain for UL's football team. And it says a lot that he recommended you to say, this is the man I I think should represent UL. A few other questions. and, And, again, shifting gears a little bit. Do you dislike Alabama as much as I do? <laughs> no, uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I dislike any team. I did, this, I did say this earlier, but if they offered me out of high school, I would not. I would not. <laughs> I want y'all to see that. That is integrity at the highest level. <laughs> at the highest level. <laughs> Come on, Pastor Marty. So being here, again, you've had to change cultures a lot. Okay, so from Nigerian culture, of course, to coming to Texas culture. But then there's a, a big difference between the Texas culture and, and being in Cajun country. What's that, trans, that transition been like? You know, uh, I would say coming from Nigerian culture, 
fortune here is kind of saying it's more family faith-based. Texas is a, a lot of diverse, you know, people and all that, so you can get kind of lost in where you fit in and whatnot. But that's why I feel closer here. Mm. It's like you come here, everyone's always together. You're always like you're a family, and then yeah. faith. So that's what that's. Come on, man, God, so good, so good. Um, just scale of one to ten, how much better is the food here <laughs> than, in, than in Texas? And eleven and twelve is okay too. As <laughs> an answer. Uh, the, food, the food here is really good. Though. I would say, I would say nine. I would say nine. The one, I was missing the one. I was missing the one because uh, I am Nigerian. You gotta understand, I'm Nigerian. There are no Nigerian cuisines here, so it's like. It's true, it's true. We'll so give you that's that. That's why I was missing the one, but God, y'all food is amazing. I love you. We'll give you that. That's good. That's good. Now, this, this man is also a man after my own heart. Not only his faith and his love for Jesus, um, he's a foodie. Okay. And we share another thing in common besides our incredible athletic physiques. <laughs> I asked him who has the best hamburger in town. You want to tell him? Oh, yeah. Judas Hamburger. 100%. Easy. It's an easy... Easy, easy answer. Um, if you were speaking to young people in high school, and what would you say this is important to do? And that athletic, but also life. Could you answer both of those? This is vitally important for you to know before you take that next stage of life, the next step in life. Mm, that's a great question. I would say just trusting them. Like, you know, in high school, so, especially when you have your aspirations to do things at the next level. Even if it isn't what he has meant for you, what you have that is meant for you is always meant for you. Like my mom always said, like, what is meant for you, you never miss it. That's so, good. That's good. So, like, you might be looking right now, oh, man, I just want to play. And just, God is like, ah, come on. No, that's not what I want for you. And, but he has something great, equally just as great as that for you. That's so good. Come on. Well, let's stand to our feet and honor KC Osai for being here with us. And... Love you, bro. Can I pray for you? Church, let's stretch our hands towards Casey and, and pray for him. Father, we thank you for this, this man. And, Lord, we pray that you would bless him, God, in this, this downtime, but then also as he gets ready for the next season. And, Lord, I pray that you continue grounding him, God, in his love for Jesus. And, Lord, we pray that you protect him. Your word says this, that the angels of the Lord surround those who fear you. And I pray, God, you would protect this man on the field. You protect him off the field. That you would also continue surrounding him with godly influences, God, that hold him accountable, that help him be the man of God that he so desires to be and beyond that. Thank you that I believe that is what you have for him. What you have for him, God, is a man who will build the kingdom in many various ways. Bless him in his journey. Bless his family. In the name above every name, the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Come on, one more time. Let's give it up for KC. You can have a seat. I want to share a few more things with you before we go.
when, one thing that KC understands, that some of our former athletes understand, that these coaches understand is this. In order for you to succeed, in order for you to win in almost anything, you have to have the right team around you. And you have to have this mindset, this, this team mindset. Isn't it amazing how when athletes are younger and immature, even sometimes in the league, it's all about them and their stats. But then the older they get, it becomes more about the team and the team winning. Because they understand the importance of the team. That so what if I'm winning if the team's losing? And my spiritual father, Pastor Jim LaFoon, he has a saying that I absolutely love. He said, I would rather lose together than win alone. I'd rather lose together than win alone. So let me ask you this question because this is pertinent to you. Do you have the right team around you? Do you have the right people around you in life that are going to help further you? And I'm not, this is not some motivational speech. You be great in life, although I believe God has greatness for many of us. But greatness in his life, greatness in his kingdom is what I'm talking about. Do you have the right people to help you be better as a servant of God, as a son of God, as a child of God? Who's helping you? Do you have the right team around you? Do you have people that are there to lift you up when you're down? And many of you have heard me say this before. Do you want to know when you need spiritual family? When you need them. When you need them. But if you don't invest in those relationships ahead of time, when you need them, they're not there. Because one, they don't even know you have a need because y'all have not shared, you haven't done life together. That's why it's so important for us to invest in relationships. Now, do you have people there to celebrate you when there's something to celebrate? When you're there and you're high-fiving or needing someone to high-five you because of a great win in your life, but you look around and there's nobody there. I remember hearing my pastor, Pastor Jacob, Talk about a, an incredible experience. And when it comes to preachers, in the last probably 100 years, there's been no greater name mentioned as preachers other than Billy Graham. And he was sharing the story of the time that he was able to preach at a Billy Graham crusade in Houston, Texas. And he's there in the Astrodome, and there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And in a ministry mindset, if you will, that is the pinnacle of quote-unquote success. And he said, I got finished speaking to 30, 40, 50,000 people. And I looked around, and I realized I didn't have anybody to celebrate it with. That's why spiritual family is so important to him. And as he's planted this church pastor in our congregation become a vital part of us because spiritual family is so important. Who's there to celebrate you when you need to celebrate something without jealousy, without competition, without smiling in your face and then gossiping about you behind your back? And not only that, when you're down, who is there to say, we got you? We're going to, you're not going to have to go through this alone. You're going to go through this with us. 
And I've told you all this. There have been times as a pastor, and I've, I've been pastoring this congregation to be six years in June. But there have been times when I've sat with some of you through the darkest moments of your life, the loss of a child, the middle of a marriage almost ending, the middle of, of losing your job, all of I've sat with you. And there are times when the only thing that I know I can do is just sit there with you in that pain and make sure that you know you're not going through this by yourself but that we as a spiritual family are going to go through it with you. Why? Because that's what families do. But here's the thing. You have to allow that to be a part of your life. That doesn't just organically happen. If you're standoffish, let me tell y'all what some of you do to spiritual family. You push them away. And then you pray and ask God to answer your prayer while the whole time God is going every single week you've sat next to the answer to your prayer. You don't even know this, but the person who sat across the aisle from you has gone through the thing that you're struggling with now and I have given them the answer, but you refuse to interact with them because you don't want anybody, quote unquote, in your business. That's not family. There's a few things that you, y'all will hear me say often in this church. Number one is show me your five closest friends and I will show you your future. Show me the closest people in your life, the people that you call your inner circle, and I will show you your destiny. Why? Because the Bible does not lie. Bad character corrupts, excuse me, bad company corrupts good character. The people you let in, whether you know it or not, will influence you. And that is something we love to tell our teenagers, but somehow we forget it as adults. It's not just for them. It's for us as well. So you show me the people that you've allowed to influence your life, and I'll show you the direction that you're going. Another thing that you've heard me say here often, the church at its worst is a business. Or a performance where you have to dress the right way, dress the part, act a certain way, say praise God at the right time when the person asks you the right question. That's church at its worst. Church at its best is a family. When you can walk in and say, I've had a bad week, and somebody not tell you, well, you just need to have more faith. But be met with someone saying, give me your hand, let's pray right now. What do you need? How can I help? You need me to go meet with your wayward child? I will. You need me to punch your husband in the face? <laughs> Just joking. Some of you, I can see you at the end of service, Pastor. You know that thing you said about the... <laughs> but no, church at its best, it's a family. And this is what the Word of God says in Ecclesiastes. This is what the Word says. Not me, not my opinion, not our Savior's church. The Word of God, the Scripture, say this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, it says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. 
Listen, if you don't get anything out of what the conversation I had with KC or what I'm preaching to you about, I want you to get this. We need us. We need us. There's nothing worse than someone giving you a gift that you don't open. Someone blessing you with something that costs them something and you never even acknowledge it. Not only is that the truth with salvation, that Jesus has given a gift to the world, that many in the world have said, I don't want your gift because I want to do life my way. But the gift that Jesus has given you when he gave you the church, a family. And there are gifts in this room that you need. And please hear my heart when I say this. I know that for many of you who treat this like some, an event you come to every Sunday, you miss the best part of this. The best part of this are the relationships here that are going to help you be a better disciple, that are going to help you be a better follower of Jesus, that are going to help you be a better husband or be a better wife or be a better parent or be a better child to your parent. It's the relationships, the family of God that God has created the church to be. That's who we are, which is why we need us. The Bible never supports this mindset that I'm going to figure it all out on my own. I can do this on my own. As a matter of fact, you want to know the worst decisions I've made? You want to know who my counselor was? Me, myself, and I. I was my own worst counselor. The best counsel I've ever gotten has not come from myself. It's come from the Holy Spirit and it's come from the people of God. That's why we need us. You need to open the gift that some of you sit next to every single week. Well, Pastor, I've been hurt. I've been burned. I understand. I understand. But that doesn't change the fact that there's still gifts in here. There are unopened gifts sitting next to you every single week. And some of us need to forgive some of the past things. And some of us, can I just say this as well as your pastor? I'm going to say it anyway if you agree or not. Some of us need to forgive the people that hurt us with the truth. Some of us are angry and upset with people who did nothing more than tell us the truth. And we don't like how they told us the truth. So we've shunned them away and said we were hurt. You weren't hurt. The only thing that was hurt was your pride. And they were only there to help you. Did they say it right? Maybe not. Did they say it the perfect timing? Maybe not. But did they love you when they said it? Did they love you when they said it? The greatest gift that we have is Jesus. Second to that is your spouse. Third to that is the family of God. The family of God. So I ask you, who's on your team? Who is helping you have the mindset to win? Who's helping you have the mindset to be a better follower of Jesus? Because we all need that. And as I close, I want to give you some very practical ways, very practical ways to build relationships here at our church. Number one, very simple, get in a small group. And just so y'all know, small groups are not like commission-based. Like we're not, we're not pushing small groups because... Like, the small group leader with the most people gets a kickback from the tithe. Like, that's not how this works. 
what we're doing, the reason why we push this is because we want you to be in a, a godly community with a spiritual family. And we know how important that is. And so we pushed them last week. We had our small group Sunday. But if you missed that or just weren't able to engage with them, I want you to go to oscgroups.com and look up one of the small groups that we have and just take the step and try it. Because, again, this is what some of us do with even the people we see in church. We don't know them. We don't interact with them. We don't have, and we see them in Walmart or Super One, and what do you do? Hey! Right, and we go the opposite direction. But that's family. That's family. And some of you don't know them, and I want to encourage you, get in a small group because then you will get to know them. And that's a place that you can be honest about your struggles. Those are relationships that you can ask, can you please pray for me? I'm going through this. I'm hurting. I need help. My marriage is a wreck. My kids are a wreck. I'm losing my job. Things you never share when church is simply a performance. I'm discouraged. I just need somebody to pick me up, to encourage me. But also somewhere for you to share the things that God has put in you, the victories that you have that might encourage someone else. I encourage you, get in a small group. That's the first way. The second thing you can do is serve alongside someone else. Join one of our serve teams. We're at the, as a matter of fact, at the end of service, we have two things going on. We're going to have some of our serve, serve team leaders that would love to connect with you and, and tell you about their team. We're also going to do intro to serve. That's going to be in our student ministry building. If you can't make it today, we do it every single month. But those, that's a place where you can learn about the different teams you can be a part of. Can I just tell you, let me make sure everybody knows this. Sometimes we think, let me just be friends with someone on staff, or let me just be friends with one of the pastors. Can I be honest? I would love to be friends with all of you. But what you need more than just being friends with me is having a spiritual family around you that is with you day and night if you need them. That's more important. And if you look at some of our usher teams, our greeter teams, our nursery teams, and it seems like they're friends and they're connected, it's because they are friends. Because they're serving a common purpose together. They share a concern for the house of God. They share a concern for how new people feel when they come in to our church for the first time. They share a concern about ministering to teenagers on Wednesday night. Our youth ministry team is incredible and, in my opinion, second to none. Second to none. And they meet together to talk about how important the next generation is and to figure out ways that we can better serve teenagers, your teenagers, and help them be better. Why do they enjoy one another's company so much? They have a common purpose. They're serving together. They're serving together. And the last thing I'll say is very simple. Just get to know somebody outside of Sunday morning. Step out of your seat, shake someone's hand, and say, hey, let's get together. And if you're single and they're single, praise God, that works out even better. <laughs> but that aside, just getting to know spiritual family. I encourage you to do this because we need us.
Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the value of the word of God, the value of this house, a spiritual family, and relationships. We are the body of Christ. And Lord, I pray that we would see the value and that none of us would say, I don't need that part of the body. I don't need the foot. I don't need the ear. I don't need the eye. I pray, Lord, that we would see the value of the body meeting each other's needs and helping and encouraging and lifting up. Bless your people with that understanding. And I pray you provide them with the right people, the right people. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm talking a lot about the family of God. But if you're honest, some of you in this room, you would say, I'm not a part of that family. What are you talking about, Pastor Gabe? I'm talking about being born again. Not being a member of a church. Not being in a religious system. Not shaking hands with the pastor or the priest or whatever. I'm talking about having an intimate relationship with Jesus for yourself, being what the Bible calls born again. This is what Jesus said in the book of John in a conversation with a religious leader, Nicodemus. He said this, you cannot even see my kingdom. And he wasn't just talking about heaven when you die. The kingdom of heaven is here on earth right now. The kingdom is the king's domain, his people is under his rulership. He says, you can't see that unless you are first born again. Well, pastor, how do I get born again? It's a very simple process. As simple as ABC. A, you admit. Admit what? The truth. That you're a sinner. That there's sin in your life that separates you from a holy and righteous and just God. But then B, you believe. You believe what? That Jesus was the solution for that sin, that when God sent Jesus to die on the cross, it wasn't just so that he, we could have a great story and write a great book. It's so that your sins, the worst moments in your life, as well as the things that you don't think are a big deal, he died on the cross for those things. And he wants you to be forgiven. He wants you to have a right relationship with the Father. That's why Jesus came. But then see, you confess. Confess what? That you are done doing it your way. And you are willing and wanting and surrendering to him as the Lord of your life. And what do lords do? Lords determine how things go. It's you bowing your knees saying, I'm not just joining a religion. I'm not just joining a belief system. I am surrendering to Jesus as the Lord of my life. And if you're here today and you're really wanting to make that decision today, the words aren't going to save you. You can say these words every single Sunday and lift your hand. That is not the thing that's going to save you. It's your surrendered heart and what Jesus did on the cross and the spirit of God coming into your life that saves you. So if that's you and you say, Pastor Gabe, I want to be born again. When no one looking around on the count of three, I want to acknowledge who I'm praying with. I want you to lift up your hand. If that's you, one, two, three. If that's you, lift it up. Don't be, thank you. Thank you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. This is your moment. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. I see your hand back there, young lady. Anyone else? 
Praise God. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can put them down. Only if you're praying this, I want you to look up at me for a moment if that's you. Because I want you to remember this moment. This is the line in the sand that was drawn. And from this moment on, this is what you're saying. I belong to Jesus. You can look down. And church, I want us all to pray this prayer out loud together. Say these words with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe on the cross. You died for my sin, for my guilt, and for my shame. I believe you faced hell so I will not have to. And you rose again from the dead on the third day so that I can have a new life in you. I turn away from my sin. I repent of it. And I choose to follow you. And from this moment on, God, you are my Father. Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate with everybody that prayed that prayer. Yeah. Welcome to the family of God. I want to encourage you to do a couple things before we go. Number one, I want you to keep coming. Keep learning. Join a community of faith. If you're not from here, join a church wherever you're from that's going to teach you the word of God and help you be. This is the beginning of the journey, not the end. The beginning of the journey of following Jesus. Also, I want to encourage you, let somebody know about the decision you made. You can do that by filling out the blue connect card in the pew pocket in front of you or simply finding another believer and saying, hey, I pray to be born again. What do I do? Our prayer partners are going to be here at the front as well to pray for you. If there's anything that you need prayer for or just praying, I'm, I'm freshly saved. Now what do I do? A couple quick announcements for you. On your way out today, we have cupcakes outside to celebrate your favorite teams um, that aren't crimson and white, but your favorite teams, favorite godly teams. Um, also, our intro to serve is going to be after the service in the student ministry building. Stand to your feet. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, thank you for today. This was good. Lord, bless your people today. I pray that you would make your face shine on them. That you would bless them in their going out and in their coming in. And that all that they put their hands to for the kingdom of God would be built. And you would give them grace. You'd give them peace. And as a church, I pray that we would be a pure church who walks in the fear of the Lord. A powerful church who walks in the power of the spirit. And a persistent church even in the face of challenges. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.